Hello everyone and welcome back to the sign of the dollar. So I know a lot of you are going to be quite surprised uh, by the title of this podcast because I'm sure all of you, if you've listened to any of my previous podcasts, know that I am personally a right winger. But this episode is all about all of the problems that the right wing movement currently has. And I need to make it clear that I'm talking about the movement because personally, I fit almost perfectly with the ideological standpoint of a right-wing libertarian. So it's not the ideology that I'm criticizing, I'm talking about the contemporary right-wing movement. Now, while I do agree with quite a few standpoints of the modern right-wing, there are still several things that I disagree with. And one of the things that I've noticed is that in modern political discourse, and pretty much always, conservative and right-wing have kind of been synonymous terms. But I wouldn't consider this to be the case. Like, for myself, I'd say that I'm more of a right-winger than I am a conservative. But because of the modern conservative movement and the liberal movement, I do certainly identify more with the conservative movement. But I would not necessarily call myself conservative because of the fact that I'm not socially conservative. I'm socially libertarian. And when it comes to the actual ideology of a right-winger, I believe that Anybody who claims to be a right-winger, based on the premise of the economic philosophy of a right-winger, should also be libertarian in their ideology, because right-wingers in general would believe in limited government when it comes to the economy. So there's no reason, if you're using that same logic and that same philosophical idea of limited government, then there's no reason why they should not be libertarian. And I guess that's where most of my problems with the right-wing stem from. Now, the first problem I'd like to talk about is religion. When I say religion, I don't mean religion in general. It's not that I'm an atheist or that I have a problem with people believing in God, because I do not. I'm actually more agnostic, but I do lean theist, but I'm not Christian. And the modern right wing, especially in the USA, uh, would be Christian. I'm personally more of a Hindu, although I'm not necessarily a full-blown theist. I'm more of an agnostic person. But to get to my problem with the right wing as far as religion goes, I'm mainly talking about Christian fundamentalism and blind faith. Uh, Now, when I talk about Christian fundamentalism, the only reason I'm saying Christian, because any kind of fundamentalism or blind faith is bad, but the reason I'm saying Christian is because that's the most relevant when it comes to uh, the US right wing and actually a lot of uh, right wing movements, if we're not talking about countries like India, where uh, the right wing is actually Hindu, like myself. Uh, But when it comes to Christian fundamentalism, if we're talking about the Bible itself and the teachings of the Bible, while I do see some valuable teachings, there are still a lot of things that I disagree with. But whenever I have a conversation with somebody who is fundamentalist or is heavily religious, what, what they'll often use as an argument to justify some of their beliefs is that God said so. And there are many problems with this. First of all, it's an argument from authority. It does not hold any real weight because you're not actually giving legitimate reasons as to why you believe in something. You're not actually using reason in order to justify your beliefs, but instead you're just referring to an authority source, which for all we know could be written by anyone. We don't really know if it was written by God or somebody who was a disciple of God or somebody who knew exactly what God meant to teach humans. Uh, But even if we put that fact aside, even if we consider what is written in the Bible to be uh, gospel truth coming from God's mouth, uh, there still is a problem with the idea of just simply, without understanding something, blindly believing in it, and going around and preaching to people that their lifestyle is wrong simply because you read that in a book without actually justifying it with legitimate reasons. If God really is an all-powerful and uh, a moral being, then he certainly would have legitimate and moral reasons as to why he sets certain commandments or why he sets certain moral ideas in his, in his book. 
And if you believe that, then you would actually want to understand the thinking behind a lot of the teachings of the Bible and a lot of the teachings of any religious book for that matter. And yet actually think them through before you blindly follow them or blindly believe in them. If you really thought it through and you really believe that what is being said in those books is actually moral, then you should use that, those thoughts and use that reason in order to justify why you believe somebody is not living the right way. Not by simply saying that this is not God's way or this is not what God believes in. You could say that and then say why it's not what God believes in. But if you use simply the fact that, or simply the assumption that God said so, or the, simply the assumption that God said that this is not moral in order to justify why something is not moral, that is not a valid justification. When it comes to my philosophy as far as religion is concerned, my main belief is that religious books can be helpful. Religious texts and religion in general can be beneficial to a society if used the right way. Now there's always going to be people who have blind faith and that's going to cause a lot of problems when it comes to moral behavior and when it comes to the way people think and uh, the way that they generally fall into the trap of trusting an authority instead of thinking for themselves instead of using their reason. But like other books and like other philosophies, we can use religion to our benefit by simply looking at it as a source to provoke our thoughts, to think things through and to get a source for morality, but before blindly following these standards for morality, understanding why they are as they are, using reason to justify why they're right or wrong, and then following them on that basis instead of simply blindly following them. So certainly religion can be very helpful and it certainly can be a source for moral judgment, but it has to be used in the right way. And I think the main cause of this way of thinking and this idea of blind faith is people claiming that they know with full certainty that God exists. This is simply not true. We cannot know with any high degree of certainty that God exists. We can argue for his existence. We can believe in his existence, but we can't know with absolute certainty. And that is simply a fact. There is no conclusive proof that would direct us to uh, actually knowing that God exists. And this is similar for people who say that they know with full certainty that God doesn't exist. This is also an equally asinine claim. Both are untrue because we do not know anything about the true nature of God. All we know is what is taught to us and all we know is what we can believe in. But simply because we believe in something, it does not make it automatically true. And until we have conclusive proof that God exists, which I don't think we ever will have, we cannot claim with full certainty that we know that God exists. In order to know that God exists, or in order to know that anything exists for that matter, it has to be absolutely true. It has to be that place in which your belief and truth intersect. But when it comes to the belief in God, that is merely a belief. We do not know yet if it is true. So we cannot claim that it is knowledge. We cannot claim that we know that God exists because nobody can. Now there's a lot more that I can say about religion when it comes to uh, the idea of how the universe was formed, uh, the idea of the afterlife, uh, problems I have with ideas within Christianity and other religions, but I'll save that all for another podcast as this podcast is about the right wing in general and religion is simply one aspect of the right winger's belief. So now moving on, I wanted to talk about economic nationalism and protectionist policies. Now this has been especially relevant ever since Trump came into office, because as all of you know, he's been involved in a trade war, he's been involved in several um, economic nationalist and protectionist policies, and I personally do not agree with such policies at all. While I do believe that they may be helpful to a country's local economy in the short term, 
when it comes to the long term, they ultimately will not be beneficial for the economy in general. Now, once again, I could go into much more detail about this, but I'll save that again for another podcast. But the basic idea is that of limited government interference in the economy and allowing countries to utilize their uh, abilities and their specializations in order to reach their maximum efficiencies and then allow countries to freely trade with one another instead of imposing tariffs, imposing uh, embargoes and all of the such. Uh, Such things may be considered helpful for local producers over a short time period, as I mentioned earlier, but in the long term, they're not going to help the economy of any country. So moving on to the next point, I wanted to talk about the right wing's opposition uh, to the legalization of weed. Now, uh, when it comes to the modern right wing and especially the younger generation, uh, I'd say a lot of people do support the legalization of weed. But if we're talking more about traditionalist right wingers and if we're talking about the Republican Party itself, uh, there are several people who oppose the legalization of marijuana. In fact, the majority of the Republican Party uh, does oppose the legalization of marijuana. And the main justification that I use when I'm talking about why I believe in uh, the legalization of marijuana is because I believe in the philosophy of live and let live, and I believe that people should be able to make what choices they want as long as they're not directly harming other people. And if they make mistakes and if they do things that are bad for them, then they will either learn from it or they won't. But if they do learn from it, they'll move on from it, and they themselves will understand this and become better uh, members of society and more moral people. Uh, but if they don't, uh, they'll face the consequences. And these consequences do not do not have to be administered uh, by a legal body or the government. They come in all forms. On the other hand, banning weed actually causes a dependence on the government for people's decision-making, which causes an undercutting of reason and the inability of several people uh, to make decisions for themselves and to actually think things through morally and to actually learn from the mistakes that they make. But once again, I've addressed this in much more detail in uh, one of my previous podcasts, which I actually recorded a very long time ago, if you want to check that out. That is actually a podcast that I did with uh, at California Right on Instagram. I'll probably link uh, in the description of this podcast, as I can't remember off the top of my head which uh, exact episode that was. Uh, But you'll definitely see that in the title. Now that brings me to the next sort of libertarian law that uh, the majority of conservatives oppose. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say the majority now, but a lot of conservatives still oppose this. And that is uh, same-sex marriage and the legalization of same-sex marriage. My reasoning for supporting uh, such marriage or supporting the legalization of this marriage is uh, mainly that I do not want the government involved in the institute of marriage at all. And I believe that people deserve to make the choices that they want to as long as they're not directly harming anyone. And they certainly aren't in this case by simply uh, getting married to the people they love. I also believe that it's not necessarily a conscious choice that people make to be gay. While it might not be entirely genetic or entirely um, natural, I still would say that it's very hard for someone to stop being gay. And for that reason, I do believe that they do have the right, they do deserve to get married to the people that they love. If you don't agree with their lifestyle, that's completely up to you. But you shouldn't have the right to determine their lifestyle on what choices that they make simply because they disturb you or simply because you're not okay with them. Until and unless someone directly is infringing upon your rights by their decision making, I don't think the government should interfere at all and they should let people uh, do as they please as long as they're not harming others. 
Now, the next issue that I wanted to address with the light right wing is uh, some of the vocabulary that they use. And this is quite a basic issue, but I still think it's very uh, common and very prominent in the right wing. And that is uh, when we're talking about words such as libtard, leftist. Uh, these have sort of become blanket terms. And the reason there's a problem with it is because people use it as a substitution for an argument. Instead of actually bringing up good points about why they believe in something, they'd resort to just calling somebody a libtard or a leftist and using the typical talking points. And we, as right-wingers and conservatives, often actually say this. We, we, we say that uh, the left-wing does this. We say that the left-wing often uses words, buzzwords like racist, uh, and stuff like that just dismiss an argument. But that is actually hypocritical uh, for people who use words such as libtard and uh, leftist unironically because they're doing pretty much the exact same thing. Now, I'm not saying that using the word leftist is wrong. I mean, obviously, when you're debunking somebody's argument, you will refer to what their ideology is. But simply calling somebody a dirty leftist or a crazy leftist without actually putting forward an argument is not obviously not a valid justification of your belief uh, or not a valid argument. And this directly connects to my next point about right-wingers, and this is more relevant to right-wing commentators. And while it does not apply to all right-wing commentators, it certainly does apply to many uh, popular right-wing commentators that I uh, know now. And this is the same for left-wing commentators, but the fact is that we point this out in left-wing commentators, but completely ignore it when we're talking about right-wing commentators. Uh, and what I'm talking about is conceitedness and condescension. Uh, basically, within an argument, somebody may use such words, or they may simply talk down to their opponent and talk down to them as if they do not know at all what they're talking about in order to further their own agenda. And obviously, there is a problem with this. This is called ad hominem. People are not making actual arguments, but instead are resorting to condescension. And even when they are making arguments, they use condescension as well. There is no real point of doing this, as you're not really gaining anything from it. Uh, the idea of political discourse and the idea of discussion is for you to sharpen your own ideology and to get ideas from other people, even if they're crazy ideas or even if they're ideas that you don't agree with at all, but to use them to actually rethink some things and sharpen your own ideology. And this cannot happen if you're simply being condescending to someone because this immediately becomes an emotional argument. It immediately becomes uh, both people trying to gain power by insulting the other person. This is not productive at all. And it is a huge problem in modern political discourse on both sides of the political aisle. Now, this leads to uh, my next and one of my final points, and that is uh, Trump derangement syndrome. And I'm sure many of you have heard this term, and we use it mainly for left-wingers who oppose Trump regardless of what he does. But what I'm talking about is the direct polar opposite of that. People who support Trump regardless of what he does. I see a lot of people who are like this. In any case, regardless of what Trump does, they are going to support him. Now, if you've actually thought through what he's done and actually taken a minute to consider different perspectives and arrive at a viewpoint, and that actually led you to arrive at the viewpoint where you supported him, 
that's fine, but a lot of people don't even think it through. They, they look at it, they say, oh, Trump did it, it must be good, and they blindly follow it. Now, this problem applies to almost everyone in any case, even if we're not talking about Trump. A lot of people may look up to a certain group of people or a certain person, and because they look up to that person, and because they've previously been convinced that this person is a reliable source of information, or that this person is a person of moral character and will do the right thing, they will automatically come to the conclusion that whatever he does, regardless of whether it's good or bad, regardless of whether they've thought it through or not, will consider it automatically to be something good because of the fact that they've made this previous judgment and simply applied it to every single scenario without thinking that individual scenario through. So a lot of these problems I understand uh, apply to many people. Uh, but a lot of people on the right act as if they don't apply to the right wing at all, which is simply not true as I've explained. Uh, but that also brings me to my final point of uh, the means of which we uh, address certain arguments. And I did ad address that earlier about condescension and whatnot, but what I'm talking about specifically now is the means of how we address socialism. And I am ardently against socialism. I think it's a very immoral system, and I believe it's a very... Uh, it's, it's a very bad system that is not pragmatic in the slightest. But the biggest problem with how we address socialism today is that we simply refer to examples of where socialism has failed. And the prime example that we use is Venezuela. Now, while these are examples of where a country, a socialist country, has failed, this is not sufficient for actually debunking the idea of socialism. All you're doing is using a typical talking point that your opponent has probably heard millions of times before, but you're not actually digging deep into why morally and philosophically uh, socialism is wrong, and that's why we lose such arguments. There are purely logical ways in which that we can debunk socialism. It's not true at all that socialism is good in theory. We can think of it purely rationally without referring to actual empirical evidence and debunk the idea completely using basic logic. We can also think in moral terms in order to understand and explain why it is an immoral system. A lot of people simply hear it and think that it's helping others and whatnot, and they say, okay, it's a good idea in theory, but it just never works out. This is not true. I'll address this in a lot more detail in another podcast where I actually explain the problems, the moral problems and the pragmatic problems with socialism. Uh, but the very fact is that these problems do exist and we can't ignore them. We can't simply use the typical talking points. Instead, we should bring attention to these problems in order to actually change minds and in order to actually win arguments when it comes to this issue. Now, this is quite a short podcast, and there's definitely more uh, problems that I would be able to find and problems that I'd be able to explain in more detail about the right wing and the current right wing especially. Uh, but regardless, uh, that'll do it for me today, and the next time I do a podcast similar to this, I definitely also do a podcast uh, about everything wrong with the left. But the next time I do a podcast with uh, problems I have with the right wing, I'll definitely have a guest a speaker on uh, to discuss this with me. Uh, it could be a left winger, it could be right winger, I'd, I'd be fine with either one. But regardless, that'll do it for me today at the sign of the dollar. Thank you for listening.